0: Hi folks, Bob Main here with another episode of today's survival show, helping you harness the power of choice to live life the way you want to, on your own terms, and strengthen your resolve. Uh-huh. My goal is to help you do what you can with what you have wherever you are. And you've tuned into a practical survival show. No tinfoil hat thinking. No talking about crazy far out theories and things. I just keep it rooted in common sense. This is episode number ninety. 7 closing in on episode 100 got something kind of cool special uh, planned cool special Hmm. okay (laughs) maybe that's maybe that's new phraseology that I'm that I'm inventing anyway um, thanks for tuning in if you are a new listener to this show I want to let you know that um, you are very welcome and and I'm glad to hear that you are, are tuning in you will find that the listeners here are a good bunch of people and we have an excellent forum. So get involved in our forum and you can go to todayssurvival.com and click the forum button and join. Also, you can check out the uh, the YouTube channel at Today's Survival on YouTube. So good to have you if you're tuning in for the first time. And I want to let everybody know that today's subject matter is actually an interview. Last night on July 5th, I was a guest on James Talman Stevens' show called the Doctor Prepper Show. Most of you know he is the author of the best-selling book, Making the Best of Basics, excellent book, and he invited me to be on his uh, show on Blog Talk Radio called The Dr. Prepper Show. So I'm going to go ahead and play that. I'm not going to really do a whole lot of introduction and stuff. There's just, we talked about a lot of good subjects. We talked about getting out of debt. We talked about bug out bags. We uh, talked about house fires and things like that. Just good common sense. So here in a minute, I'm going to turn on the interview, and I'm not going to come on to do a conclusion. So, when the interview is over, the show will be over. And uh, I just, again, I want to thank you in advance for tuning in. A couple of quick announcements that I want to get out of the way. Uh, the Freedom Raffle is going to start July the 15th. Watch your email box. I'll be sending you an email with some more details about the Freedom Raffle. But you're going to want to participate in this. Uh, it's going to be pretty short and sweet, but it's something that uh, all survivors need to prepare for, uh, especially if you're in the common sense survival. So stay tuned for that. And I also want to mention, uh, check out Jeff Lytle's site, Knives and Gear. He just he did some, made some good changes in the site recently. Uh, and he's going to be part of the Freedom Raffle. So thank you, Jeff. Appreciate that. want to put a shout out to you and say uh, thanks, buddy, for doing that. All right? That's it. Without any further ado, I don't want to waste any more time here. Because this is a great interview. Here I am last night on James Talmadge Stevens' show, Dr. Prepper. And tune in. He's a good guy, interesting to listen to. Here you go. Thanks for listening to Episode 97, and I'll catch you next time. Thanks.
1: You'll be all over it. Hello. Bob Main, are you on this line?
0: I am here. Can you hear me? Oh,
1: bless your heart. Yes, we can hear you. We had our share of difficulties tonight. We were having what you'd call one of those... um, Survival moments. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was wondering if we were going to live through it, but the the, the people uh, have been hanging on in the in the chat room, and what's happened is that someone else came in before me and took over the site. As the host, I can't you can't have two hosts. And uh, Uh I'm the host, not the co-host, so somebody got in before me. We don't know what to do about it, but we'll solve it tonight after the show or tomorrow or the next day before the show. We just kind of take it philosophically. But it's good to have you, and we have some people here uh, sitting uh, just waiting for you to come on. And uh, we want to discuss, of course, uh, the, the opportunity that you're going to give us to know more about be, uh, survival and, and preparedness. Um, let me give them just a moment. Um, get to my. Uh, we're going to talk about bug out bags in a minute, but let, them, let me Great. tell them about you. You're just a you're just a mere child compared to my age, and that's okay. You're in a different generation, and that's really good because one of the things we do on this show is bring on other people with other points of view, and other knowledge, other skills, other right. abilities, and other talents because. Uh, everybody out there is not my age, and, and, and unfortunately not all of your age. Some of them are much younger. Um, but you uh, were raised as a prepper, I think you said, because from the time you were 8 years old, you grew up on a hobby farm. And the first question I have is, what's a hobby farm?
0: <laughs> well, uh, James, can you hear me pretty well?
1: Absolutely fine. I think uh, the okay. chat room will tell me if they can't hear you. I think we're okay.
0: Okay. Well, I throw that term out there, hobby farm, because farming was not our profession. Uh, farming was the way that we sustained ourselves, and it was also a hobby of ours. So I throw that out there because I want to get people curious and asking questions, what's a hobby farm? And, of course, you asked that question, so hopefully I answered it for you.
1: Well, uh, uh, we, we might have called it gardening or, or kitchen garden or so what we call a victory garden, perhaps. Right. Uh, those were the things we called it. What you meant was it, did, it was maybe not your, uh, your only resource, but it may have been your prime resource for fresh foods.
0: Well, not only fresh foods, but we also raised our own animals for food. Oh, oh absolutely. Um, yeah. So, yes, it was not our only source uh, for several years. It actually was, but it didn't start out that way. We never did it as a profession. We never really made money at it.
1: That's okay. The po- but the point is, you you, you gained the skills, and you've been able to take those through your life. Now you're living in Frisco. Where is Frisco? That's another question we're going to ask.
0: Frisco is a suburb of Dallas, and I and I listened to part of the uh, earlier part of the show. We're the sixth largest city in America. You're seventh.
1: That's only because you have uh, Fort Worth as part of your makeup.
0: That is correct. That is correct. (laughs) We'd we'd kick your butt if we were for that. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. But you are a metroplex, and we can't beat you there. (laughs) I'm in the metroplex. Now, a lot of people know where Plano is. Frisco is just north of Plano.
1: Gotcha. Okay, good, good. Well, I uh, didn't know where it was exactly. Uh there's so many small towns around Houston and Dallas that have been subsumed by yep. them, and now that they're, they're neighborhoods as opposed to towns. Which were, I think even Katy out in Houston is, is now no longer a suburb. It is part of the urban area of That's uh, correct. greater Houston, so you probably had the same thing happen there. Now, you have a, uh, you have a program called Today's Survival Show. Which yes, you started back in August. Which is a, no, what's that, it's a, well, it's almost a year now. So eleven months. Almost a so. year,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, almost a year. Um, how's it been going? Well, it's been going uh, real well. Um, the third Saturday was the one-year anniversary of my blog. Okay. And uh, I didn't start the podcast until August. I'm doing a lot better than I thought in just a short year. Uh, about almost 600 people every week download the show from either iTunes or from some kind of an RSS reader, and then I've got probably about another two or 300 on top of that that just stream it off the website.
1: Great. Well, we live by the downloads. I'm always dismayed when I go over to some of the other shows mm-hmm. on Freedomizer and Freedom Link because they seem to draw so many people. I count that a couple of reasons. One, they have more people, more hours. Uh, they right. also do, they don't talk about preps. Well, they talk around preps. Uh, they talk about it, but they don't really get into detail. Uh, they're using very generic kinds of information and a lot of generic misinformation. But well, I didn't say that because that would be whining. Uh, the point <laughs> is they they don't they're not uh, they haven't walked the walk or, or they don't even talk the talk really because they they haven't been there done that. As you found out with your experience and when you talk to certain people. And I think you may have alluded to that in your in your email to me. A lot of people kind of fake it. It's because it's all new to them. Everything sounds good. You know, right. get some wax covered matches. That'll do it. Well, you know darn good and well. They're good for a very limited range of use. <laughs> of, uh, you know, and other people say, well, get lint out of your dryer and put a double bag it. That'll work too under given conditions. Now they have stuff you can throw in the water and throw a match on it. And darn stuff lights and floats up. You know, like the stuff from uh the the, the German uh, operas you know <laughs> they are right. that here. there goes the boat fully uh, burning as it goes down the stream. Well, they have all kinds of solutions now uh I'm a boy scout I remember boy Scout push water. It's the most effective thing it works in any weather anywhere That's right gasoline right. around was not very smart for boy and they didn't let us do it after a while but uh near the urban areas gasoline, alcohol, we always had an extra amount of rubbing alcohol to get our fire started <laughs> and it didn't let off a black poof of smoke or an orange smoke, it burned white and nobody could tell that we were cheating. But those days are gone and I got my merit badges and got you know, and got my awards and moved on wouldn't let my kids do that, but uh, in those days we were a little riskier. Now you talk about things like, let's see, um, uh, you have been in the past in sales, and you did uh, you did professional speaking. So obviously, I'm expecting a big deal out of you on this show. <laughs> okay, uh, but we want to talk about finances. I'm just a country boy, and at my age, I'm not changing a whole bunch. Uh, I slur my words. I say um and on. Ah, and I don't mean to be that way. I just I'm just casual, and <laughs> um, I'm trying. But you can't. What is it? You can take the boy out of the country, but you can't but take you the country out of the boy. Can't take the country out of the boy. That's correct. <laughs> and, and I am a country boy from North Carolina, raised in a. I was born in Hamtown, grew up in Snofferville. So I'm going to tell you those. Uh, Snofferville, <laughs> That's from, a good one. <laughs> I come from a humble beginnings. Oh, but that we were we were um the nearest town was McAdoo Heights, that gives you an idea. Yeah. Oh boy! Uh, far in the country we lived. <laughs> so, uh, those were the days. And uh, so anyway, you, uh, we want to talk about all kinds of things, having layers of protection, and uh, using negotiating skills and things oh, like right. that, you and being aware process. what's going on around you, so right. that it all makes sense. So um, let's let's. I'm going to ask you if you could talk about anything you think is
0: most important to a prepper. What would you say now?
2: <laughs> well,
0: the most important thing to a prepper i'm gonna I may surprise some folks because uh it's not typically number one on people's list, but get out of debt
1: that's in the top four for me okay. yeah, it's number one Absolutely. on my
0: list um, uh-huh. my opinion, everything starts there. everything mm-hmm. starts with getting out of debt and improving your financial position because okay. most preps cost money even if it's a little bit. And you got to have the money to buy them, and uh, I, you know, debt debt is a, it'll choke you off. It will. And I am probably well used to be one of the world's worst at at managing money. But ever since I took the my family and I took the Dave Ramsey course uh, about oh, yes. six years ago. Yep. Uh, we went through his 13-week course, and mm-hmm. I don't want to sound like a commercial for him because I don't work for him or represent him in any way. But he changed my life. So,
1: uh, well, I understand. <laughs> he, he said something that I've uh, that I said many years. I'm, I have wheat older than Dave, uh, older than Dave's bankruptcy that got him all started on this. <laughs> so, uh, Dave is only he. He said a diff- He says, um, no one, "Live oh. now like no one else, so in the future you can live like no one else." Right.
0: Yeah. yeah, live like no one else so that later you can live like no, live one, else. Like no one
1: else. Well, that's that correct. you know that that it sounds good coming from him and I know what it means. I've always said that if you if you prepare to meet the level of any disaster that you can imagine, then any catastrophe that arises is going to be a minor inconvenience for you. It's true. It's that's a, a good way. way that's the well, that, perfect way to put it. Right. Yeah. So, uh, what we want to do is be prepped to the level that whatever happens uh, outside of nuclear blasts, or you know, and nobody's immune from that, and EMP, and no one apparently will be immune from that unless they taken oh, oh, special yeah. precautions. And how can you go around with everything having a tinfoil hat on it? <laughs> exactly. Well, I don't believe in that. Uh, there's still plenty of places you
0: can get tinfoil hat stuff. Not, not right. Here.
1: So the important thing is that there are only a few things that don't give us some warning or, or some or some. Clue that it's going to happen or that we can't prepare for. Those are a couple. If you live on the coast, a tsunami ain't much you can do except get on high ground. Uh, right. so, but we, there is a solution to virtually every problem. Um, That's right. on the other hand, if you have actually prepared to the, uh, what I call to the, um, highest level of the lowest threat, you won't have a problem. It'll just it, it fly right over your head. You won't even notice it. And that that's means, so what you want to do is prep to the level that you can continue to be and have what you've always had. You can act the same way, uh, eat the same way, drink the same way, uh and enjoy your life the same way you did before. Right. Uh, after as you did had it before. And that's really what prepping is about. I don't know that many people get that. I think 85% of the country is in total denial. Uh they just uh, they just haven't got it yet. Or they Obviously, haven't made the move because of financial and, and so that's why it's really important. Get out getting out of debt is a is a major, major issue. Um and balancing that budget is very important so that you can uh, but what you'll find out, and I think you did—I think you mentioned it, uh, maybe uh, from a side uh, as a side glance—but you said you really enjoy prepping. Everyone who starts prepping gets into it. Once they get into it, they realize that they can do more and more and more of it. It's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy, isn't it?
0: Well, yeah, it's so much fun, you know, doing more with less. That's—it's a blast. It's kind of addicting. Hmm.
1: Okay. I'm sure that let me i let me deal with something just a moment. It says that they're getting a okay. feedback, let me see if I can cure that by dropping the um let me see if I can drop the volume just a hair you getting and, a feedback uh, from me no just feedback generally, I don't know. you're on a regular telephone, aren't you Yes
0: okay
2: Shouldn't like, uh, be a problem.
1: is is that better is that a little better out there in the audience is the did the feedback go away? I've reduced.
2: I'm not getting any feedback on this end, so it's probably on their computer if they're listening through their computer.
1: Could be. Could be. Sometimes it resonates, uh, especially if you have one of those bass boomers sitting on the floor or something like that. I don't hear any now. I did for a moment. But uh, if the volume's up high enough, can you hear me okay, Vince? You're great. Okay. Uh, Both of you. Okay, maybe. Okay, okay, we're good. All right, great. I apologize. I just had to stop for a minute because when someone whines – he says, uh, yes, it is. I think that's a positive thing. We can go on now. All right, getting out okay. of debt certainly one of the top four that I, I picked and have always preached. And um, it is essential because if you're out of debt, then you can use virtually all of your uh, resources to become prepared, or all of your available resources. And that, as Dave explains, with your what do you, the roll-up? what do you call it a? A uh, uh, debt roll-up or snowball? debt snowball. Debt snowball. Yeah. Debt I'll get in a minute. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh,
0: uh,
1: He has uh, explained it very simply, and what you do is you get rid of it uh, quickly so that you have your the funds that are available can be applied to each successive debt and get rid of them as quickly as you can. Then all that money is left over can be used for investment or for whatever. And investment to me, food has always been the best investment I've ever made because Absolutely. it goes up virtually every month. And there's security in having
0: it. Yeah, well, there is. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of security in having food and a lot of security in having water stored and supplies and so forth. And uh, I think it all starts, like I said, you know, first get your financial house in order and then put together the food stores and, and the water stores. A lot of people think we're crazy doing that, but uh, I, to me it's just basic common sense. Well, let me tell
1: you why I
0: think it's important, and most people miss this.
1: Remember, the, the, what, the, the things that bother me most about this is that I've been doing it for 36 years. I've made every mistake you can make. If I did a book with all my mistakes, it would be ten times bigger than the one that I put out now that's 500 and some pages because I made that many mistakes. What seems to be a good solution isn't always a good solution. For example, dehydrating your own foods and counting on them for long term is really risky because you don't have the controls, you don't have the investment, you don't have the tools for inspection, you don't have the ceiling, you don't have the cleanliness, you just don't have the tools to do the job. And so when I hear someone say, you can do your own, Yeah, you can, but it doesn't have the life of the stuff that's done commercially with USDA looking over your shoulder and with time-proven results and and with the expertise and the investment that goes in it. Uh, It's just like beef jerky. You can jerk beef. It's good for, if you keep it frozen. It's good for practically forever because it won't freeze burn. On the other hand, when you take it out, you have less than 90 days. And yeah, you can put it, you can carry it in your pocket as long as it doesn't get contaminated, and it's fine because it's it's salty. It's kind of like pork rind that's been salted. You know, you can't hurt it, fat back. You can't hurt this stuff. But Mm -hmm. on the other hand, if you do it wrong, the disease quotient is really high.
0: Yeah, and I would agree with you. It is risky, and so you know, and that, I think that's something that, that that we all struggle with. And you know, when it comes to food storage, uh, it's it, it's a constant challenge. I'm always on the internet and listening to all kinds of shows and people like you and everybody else out there talking about you know how to properly store food. It's uh, it, it's a challenge, but it's necessary.
1: Well, you know the only room the only room that we have in our home we live in South Texas in San Antonio so you know how it gets really humid and muggy and very hot here the only room that has air conditioning is our food storage room everything else we turn it on for going uh, in our home we'll turn it off for a few minutes and let it just. Kind of run some cool air through because we have a stone house. It gets very hot. It's stone, the stone in the winter it's great. The stone heats up. It keeps us warm all night. In the summer, it keeps us hot all night. So we run the AC for just a little bit to to kind of change the air, and then we just you know just sweat. Uh, it's just the way it is because it costs so much. We have a ninety eighty year old home, so it is not what you'd call the best. Wow. Uh, uh, everything has been added. All these uh, um, shall we say modern accoutrements have been added after the fact. So you we make do. But because we can afford it, we bought it right in, in, in times when real estate was really bad. We bought it with a very good price. So, whatever we didn't pay for the house, we we're probably paying in utilities. But by the same token, we we're learning how to live in the real world in case the power grid goes down. Exactly. And you just learn to deal with it. And now you have. Uh, uh, I hear people say they've they've a homestead. That means they they got a billy goat or they got two chickens and <laughs> and they have a wash tub out back. And that, that's that's all of a sudden self sufficient. I have a lot of problems with that. And homesteading isn't what it's cracked up to be unless you have some skills, some talent, some time, and some money, right?
0: Exactly right.
1: So tell us how you're living on your ranchette. What you well, I don't to... have a ranch yet.
0: Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, a suburb- I'm a suburban prepper,
2: Okay, so
0: good. I'm doing everything with the resources that I can, um, you know, everything from storing food to water to a small garden to, obviously, we can't raise animals here because of where we are, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and, and keeping the debt low and keeping the first aid supplies uh, stocked up and just using good old common sense in uh, in, in living as frugal as we can.
1: Well, frugal is good. We need to learn to live that way because um again, if you can live tomorrow when the when the debacle happens or the cataclysm, Catastrophic situation happens, and you can keep on being what you are. Your stress level is going to be a whole lot lower than the guy who's used to driving, having a driver pick him up, take him to work, and all of a sudden the driver doesn't show up. Oh, and and the car's gone too. <laughs> yeah, you right. That can be very stressful when when all of a sudden those who are used to having everything done for them can no longer uh,
0: no longer have those services, and if they have them, they couldn't afford them.
1: I mean, that's well, the kind yeah, of...
0: and you know, I'm glad you brought that up, James, because. Keeping the stress level down, I think, is, is one of the most important aspects of living the survival mentality. I mean, let's face it, you know, so many people, when you mention survival to them, they think, well, okay, i got to prepare in case something really, really bad happens. Well, I'll submit to any of the listeners, you're not going to survive very long if you're constantly living under stress also. Yeah, did we lose the connection?
2: I think we might have lost Dr. Prepper. So, uh, Vince, I'll fill in till he gets called back yeah, in. Yeah.
0: I saw I wasn't sure what happened there.
2: Okay. Well, it's good to meet you.
0: Yeah, you too, Vince. Is the feedback on?
2: There's no Yeah, there wasn't any on my end.
0: Okay. All right. Well, anyway, you know, if 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 we're constantly living under stress, we're not going to survive very long now. And it doesn't matter if something bad happens. You know, if you're if you're not in good shape uh, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, I think it's going to be tough to deal with any kind of disaster.
2: Okay, Bob. I didn't get uh, early on. I'm not on the the uh, the chat room. Um, if it's not too much trouble to get your uh... Your website, your blog. Uh, yes. um, how do we find you?
0: Yeah, you can find me at my website, today'survival.com. dot dot com, and the email. Uh, you can email Bob at todayssurvival dot com. And uh, both of those are excellent ways to get a hold of me. I'm checking email all the time, uh, checking comments on the blog, and I've also got a very active forum. So when you go to com you can also click the forum tab and interact with me there as well.
2: Okay, uh, thank you for that. Uh, sure. Go ahead with what you were saying.
0: Well, uh, I don't know if you caught it or not. If the if the lines were still open. But uh, James asked me, he, he brought up the subject of stress, and I talk a lot about that on my show, about how to do things now so that we can live uh, in a less stressful manner. And, you know, in my opinion, being a survivalist is is living a better life right now so that you can handle disasters when they come your way. And one of the things is reducing stress. Um, I, in fact, I think it's probably one of the reasons why people have their head in the sand is because they're so stressed out because they're not... They're not doing what they should be doing right now
2: yeah absolutely i i I agree with you, I think that probably stress is the the key uh factor in why people ignore the uh um you know the evidence all around them that uh, our lives are only going to get easier if we're better prepared.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, when James asked me what did I think was, was the number one thing you should do to get prepared, I said get out of debt because money is probably the biggest stressor uh, for people in America today, I would think. I think most people probably agree with that. And, and second would probably be make, making sure that you've got plenty to eat and, uh, and a good roof over your head and, and plenty of water.
1: Can you hear me now? I'm back.
0: Uh, I can hear you now. Oh, yes. great!
1: I don't know. I do not know what happened, but are we having fun? So we're <laughs> having see, fun. We have to be geared up to the level to deal with whatever happens, so that it's just a minor inconvenience. I sounds like you're prepared. Uh, you're prepared <laughs> technically, James. Uh, well, I have. Uh, interestingly enough, for the little I know, I do have redundancy here. And I just <laughs> hope I'm not being redundant. Um, you were you know you we' talked about debt, and i 'm glad you had a chan- the opportunity to go back over that because it is critical in my in, in my uh, estimation yeah. that people learn how to control debt. You will be a lot happier with, under and without the stress it 's a whole lot easier knowing that um, that your your home is going to be safe. I was going to mention just before we cut off that um, people always talk about priorities, and the young people always say, well food and water you've got to have food and water." Actually, you have to have shelter. Shelter is yes. first. If you don't have a safe place to go, a safe place to stay, you're vulnerable to everything, That's including right. the marauders in the neighborhood or, or snakes or bugs or just weather, anything. So I always see... If you are properly prepared financially, that means your home you 're going to have money to take care of your home, keeping your shelter intact and it may you may have, the shelter may be a hotel room i mean who knows what it may be based right. on what could happen or it may be moving to a different climate where you have to buy something else or at least rent it or or make provision for it so being uh, being out of debt so that you can move if you have to. Uh, if you want to or have to either way is a is a blessing a total blessing and oh then, yeah
0: and it's a very it 's a great way to live let me tell you
1: it is to know that you 're not bound should something happen even we love our homes, we love our furniture and and I wanted to and we were going to talk about about bug out. And I wanted to, uh, we wanted to get into that because we, we had enough time to talk about it. Okay. Uh, the, the wags of today all talk, if you listen to Freedomizer and some of the other, and they're good people, they, they mean well. But the, I, I watch the chat rooms and all they talk about is bug out bags. And mm-hmm. I'll bet you $10 to a donut, half those talking about them don't have one. <laughs> I will just bet you, from what I hear, because. You're probably right. Uh, and it's a, it's a shame. But we know that 85% of the people have not done anything yet. They're polarized by the, the lack of ability to make a decision or lack of money. They're so deeply right. in debt, they have no room to move. But uh, next would be clothing. If clothing, which is your portable shelter. If you don't have mm-hmm. adequate clothing, then you can't lose your sh- leave your shelter. And, exactly and right. that is very important, as you know, in, in Texas, uh, even up where you are, it's hot and humid. It's uh, <laughs> equal to <laughs> here, at least. And you have a worse summer than we do, I think. And then yes, you have the winter, which we don't have. So those are important things. And then the third thing uh, is sanitation. People never think about that. But you right. can die faster from from the diseases that would come from your own... Uh, shall we say uh, poop than you would from lack of water, you can get <laughs> sick and die and there 's no cure you know and where are you going to get the help when 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 yeah. things are that bad where are you going to get the help so having yeah, yeah. Uh, you know people kind of say ah oh, i didn 't think about that well, you should uh, not you personally, but people should because it is critically important that you take care of human waste it is the most it is the most uh, i won 't just say filthy it has more germs in it per square inch than anything. And fortunately, our system works so as to, to get rid of it. it so Doesn't kill us. Uh, on the other hand, without sanitation, uh, you could be in really, really tough trouble. Long before you find more food to eat.
0: So, and that's when a I lot of things. That's something things, people don't think about.
1: Well, the inexperienced haven't thought of it because they're, they're constantly food and water sounds so good. Yeah, I got to have food and water, but. Uh, um, getting rid of your personal waste is really, really high, and if you ever had the electricity off and the water stopped, it had to boil your own water because of a typhus infection that got into the system, you, you can't imagine how uncomfortable it is living in a house when you don't have those resources. No electricity? How do you, how do you heat the water? So, That's anyway, right. I wanted to run that as a preface. Now we talk about food, uh, and we talk about, uh, we talk about water and food, and, uh, I think that's very important that people have that. Uh, I, I always, and then I hear people talk. Now you've been in the investment, or you you have made investments. Uh, people talk about go, having gold because they can, gold will carry them through the tough times. Mm. Uh, and I keep asking them, how do you cut a two thousand uh, dollar quarter, a, a round piece of uh, metal, into a loaf of bread and a, and a gallon of milk, and and somebody to not going to be easy. Yeah, and, and so those are things that people the, the 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 inexperienced don't think about those things because they've never had to, and right. that experience gives you some knowledge, and that knowledge gives you some wisdom when it's applied properly. And all the time, I'm running into people have all the answers; they just haven't understood the questions yet. So right. I, I wanted to make sure that uh, you were covered by that when we went through. Now, the bug out bag has some particular application. You want to talk to tell us about it?
0: Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny you mention that, because I just did episode 96 that was posted uh, about a week ago, June 28th. Yep. Yep. Uh, that was my subject, bug out bags and bug out plans. So uh, after this is over, I'll, I'll go ahead and summarize it, but after this is over, I'd like to urge listeners to go to todaysurvival.com and listen yep. to the most recent episode. Sure. Uh, the one before that, I did it on clothing. Here's my opinion on bug out bags. Uh, the very idea that somebody can throw a bag on their back, run out into the woods, and sustain themselves and their family for an indefinite number of you know, length of time. I think that idea is preposterous.
1: You <laughs> Bless know, you but... heart.
0: I like you already. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I mean, how, how well, on yeah. earth, yeah, how does that work? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the thing is, and, you know, if when people listen to my show, uh, I found some good information on the Internet. You have to be careful what you see, but I found one guy who posted a really good article about the fact that, you know, most disasters, you mentioned it early in the show, James, you're going to get some warning. And so... When you get a warning, what are you going to do? Are you going to throw one bag out your, on your shoulder and go run out the door? Or are you going to pack up a whole vehicle, an RV, a yeah. truck? You know, most people are going to pack up a lot of stuff. Absolutely. And um, the purpose, in my opinion, for a bug out bag is limited. Now, I, I have one. Uh, I got one in the next room, uh, from where I'm speaking to you from. Uh, each of my family members have has one. I, I I humbly believe that it's basically a a temporary solution to get you from point A to mm-hmm. point B, mm-hmm. um, and it might take two or three days to get from point A to point B. Um, and the only the only reason I would run out my door with with nothing but a bag on on, on my back is if I knew for sure I was coming back in 48 hours. And that's yeah. and that's pretty much it. Um, you know, we recently went on vacation, and uh, another good another good place that bug out bags come in handy is there they're an excellent convenience. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know we recently went on vacation my 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 wife and I and my son jumped in the car recently for two weeks and took a nice road trip together that we hadn't done in a long time. and we actually used our bug out bag a couple of times, and it uh, one was a small first aid emergency that we had while we were on the road. And the other was just some convenience, because if you're keeping, you know, what you're supposed to keep in there, some of those items come in handy.
1: Absolutely. And you got to rotate them.
0: And you got to rotate them.
1: Exactly. <laughs> well, let me take just a second, if I can, while we're at a stopping point, and we're going to come back uh, to huh? the bug-out bag and its efficacy. But let me just talk for a second about the Wonder Mill uh, grain uh, mill. They are people who sponsored who sponsors now for two and a half months, and let me introduce you to the company. First of all, it is an American company. It's located in Pocatello, Idaho, and it's a great little place. Uh, they have a factory there. They do their designing. They perfect it, and they patent these items there. So they are American-designed uh, and uh, perfected for Americans, uh, for the American market. But they contract with the world's best-suited factories to manufacture these devices. One, uh, The hand grinder, for example, is made... Uh, in india where they where by culture virtually every family has its own grinder. Because they grind their stuff fresh every day, all their seeds and their and their their, their grains. So it's a perfect place for it. In fact, they were so the manufacturer was so impressed by it, he, he insisted on a license to be able to use it in India. That's how good the product is. The other one is made in a factory by a major major South Korean manufacturer, heavy heavy duty. If I said the name of the car, you'd recognize them, and they make this finished product that's rugged and durable, heavy duty, professional quality. And this little machine. Uh, they only make one by the way it 'll grind a thousand pounds of fl- flour from whole wheat in about nine and a half hours it 's done it in full view of the cameras and a fantastic uh, fine grain flour was was made for a whole day running no problem and it never got hot, which was the nice part about it it doesn 't uh, burn up the the nutrition. So you want to get a Wonder Mill, an electric Wonder Mill, and it has a video right on the home page, thewondermill.com. Thewondermill.com is the name of the site, and you can find a a page for finding a dealer anywhere uh, in your area. If there is one, they only sell through authorized dealers. So use the limited lifetime warranty to protect your investment. It comes with it. And it's preferred by professionals. So check it out for yourself. I have one of each. I think they're wonderful. So go to thewondermill.com. Uh, find the 500 authorized dealers nationwide. Pick one and get your machine now. You'll be glad you did. Okay, let me talk to you. You know, by the way, I it, I was uh, I've been in the business 36 years now. I finally bought a grain mill. I, it was not high on my priority. Why would you <laughs> think that would be? Why you bought a grain mill? Finally. Yeah. After 36 years of being in the business, I didn't buy it first. Why? Because what it costs for a grain mill, I could put away a year's supply of wheat. I figured if I needed someone to grind it for me, I could give a little of it up to get it ground. Mm Mm-hmm. Or as my dad used to say, wise man that he was, I don't know, I got so smart, I, I thought he was pretty stupid when I was a kid, but he got smarter. Every <laughs> educational course I took, he already knew the answers to the questions, so I had to give it back to him. But the, he would say that if you have, go, if I, uh, he'd tell me, son, if you have gold and I have food, I'll soon have all your gold and you'll only have a little bit of my food. And I try to remember that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I like that. Wise, isn't I it like for, that. <laughs> my dad taught me a lot of things. One was that, you know, you can't fool a, a, a wise old man so let's get back to the, the the bug out first of all bugging out ain't the smartest thing to do in most cases uh whatever no. you give up you're going to buy on the other side uh, several times by not knowing what you're getting right
0: yeah exactly i favor bugging in now
1: yeah. is, hey is my that... kind of guy i say that all the time by the way <laughs> bugs do bug in you ever notice they don't yes, run away right, from their now? they nest? do they run back <laughs> in
0: don't they yes they do and well, you know is there a and please don't get me wrong. I don't want anybody listening to this show think that I don't think you should have a bug out bag. I think everybody should have some kind of sure. a bag sure. prepared. Um, I like to use examples. Let me give an example on this show if I could. Okay. Uh, about a month ago, this happened to me. I was down in your neck of the woods down in San Antonio on a business mm-hmm. trip. And some bad storms came through. And while I was in, our, in my hotel room, they came through and they knocked out power for about like five or six square blocks. So all of a sudden, I'm sitting in a pitch black hotel room. Would you believe it? Nobody in that hotel room, including the hotel staff, had adequate flashlights there. had adequate supplies for a power outage. And so, sure enough, what do I do is I, I, I find my way out to my vehicle, where I keep my bag, And uh, I had three flashlights in there, so I'm I'm lending a flashlight to the gal (laughs) working behind the counter. I got one for myself, and there was another guy in there that in in the lobby that seemed like he was kind of hard pressed, so I lent it to him. And in fact, I never got it back, but that's okay. Maybe maybe that's a message that he needs to have some kind of a bag with him. And little things like that. I think maybe it should be called a convenience bag instead of Mm -hmm. a bug out bag. Yeah, it might get.
1: Yeah, Um, that was an army expression. They're they're good about misconceiving things, but yeah. every, every uh, I, we were talking about on the show, and I said, most animals run through their hole. Well, of course, the big animals run in a forest fire, for example, but the little okay. animals don't know anybody. They know they can't compete, so they run into their burrows where they're pretty safe unless the okay. oxygen is sucked away by the fire. And when forest fires burn on, on topping out, nobody ever worries about what happens underneath. Yeah, some squirrels and sometimes the tree animals do get caught, but on the other hand, generally speaking, they go to the ground. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I remember when you'd run through a spider's nest, the spider wouldn't be on you. It'd be back up in its little cubby. It got away. It was up there in a the little cubby hole that it had created, tightly wound around something so that it could, uh, could make it, sustain its life during a really, really tough time.
2: So, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, bugging out is probably the worst option in most cases. By the way, I have a mortgage. Well, I don't have a mortgage. My house is paid for. I'm out of debt. But the thing is, uh, I'm not going to leave my several hundred thousand dollars of investment with all my food and goods and stuff in it uh, and and a nice place to live, admittedly, right. with several acres. I'm not walking away from that unless absolutely, unless everybody in the neighborhood is walking away and, and somebody's protecting it, because it is my major investment. It is all I have, and I've got preps for you know for families a number of families that I've reserved over the past 36 years and I'm not walking away from that except under duress
0: yeah me too and you know I know there's a lot of people that that prepare have alternative locations also mm-hmm. called bug out locations I would say a bug-out bag would be really good if you're heading out of town and you're going to your bug-out location and you can get there in two to three days or less, then that's probably where your bag would come in real handy. But then again, if that's me, if I'm leaving, going to another location, I'm not just taking one bag. I'm, I'm going to stuff everything I can stuff in my vehicle. Yep. And, yeah, uh, and I've then got,
1: How do you get there? Uh, I mean, At what time exactly. do you decide to go? And if you abandon your home, how vulnerable is
0: it? It, it, well, yes. Yeah, I mean, how long before someone? Vulnerable.
1: If you live in a suburban area, somebody's going to notice your paper. Your, you know, the things are stacking up around your mailbox and wonder where you are. And that makes you that even m- much more vulnerable. Yeah, and,
0: and so I'm all about common sense, and yeah. and I agree with you. It's it's, my, it's I think it's the very very last resort. And I read so much stuff on the internet about people. They have these exorbitant uh, bug out bags. I mean, some people really yeah. sink a lot of money into that yeah. stuff. Yeah. And uh, to think of all the everything else they could do with that money, and it wouldn't surprise me if some of the people are even going into debt to pay for stuff that goes in their bug out bag. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) And then somebody else may have designed it for them. That is, they bought it off the shelf somewhere, having no idea what's in it or how to use the stuff that's in it. That's even right. right.
0: Exactly. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) I didn't think about
1: that. I think bugging out is always going to be my last resort. And. same here. Um, if you pre plan, you have to have a go no go point that's well ahead of everybody else. Who wants to get on a freeway like uh, they were exiting from Houston during uh, Katie? I mean, who on earth wants to? Or, or Katrina, I mean, Katie is my nickname. Right. Katrina. I mean, that was a debacle if there ever were one because, first of all, nobody had – they didn't realize how long they'd be on. They thought they'd just drive to the next gas station. That didn't work out very well. It was worse than June of 1974. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and then then the the, the people who owned the gas stations weren't hanging around for the profits either. They were following the profits and said, we're going to have trouble in the future, and got out of Dodge. And so, uh, and then they were driving both ways on the freeways, and there were people coming to town. It got to be a real serious mess
0: in no time yeah. at all. I remember that, you know. And you know, James, let me ask you a question, if I may. Mm-hmm. Um, what what disaster is likely to strike where you're going to get zero warning whatsoever? Uh, if you have to leave, if you do have to evacuate, what, what's going to happen where you're going to get zero warning? Uh, earthquake's the only thing I know that doesn't give any. Yeah, interest. an earthquake's about the only thing I can think yeah. of. But still, uh, you're not going to get any. Are you going to leave after there's an earthquake? Yeah, maybe. Maybe if your house is uninhabitable, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and that's why people should have a bag, and that's why you should have a tub of food right. that you can take, and some water yeah. that you can take that's portable. Right. Exactly.
1: Well, that's reasonable. Right. So you're being reasonable. So you, you're, you're yeah. obviously, you're obviously not geared up to be doing a show. Because <laughs> everybody else it is 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 really trying to make uh, – it's cathartic for me to listen to these people. I, I heard one gal on, on a radio show, and she said, we've got we to get our bags ready because uh, when it hits the fan, we're going to go. When it hits the fan, it's too late. It's all yeah. over you. <laughs> it's yeah. too late. I call yeah. that poop hitting the propeller. I, I try to keep it clean. Uh, yeah. The the thing is, when it when that happens, it's too late because everybody else is now starting to move. The panic is in. That's the wrong time to be on the road.
0: Yeah. I mean, exactly. exactly. My name for it. My name for it is stink hit the fan. Okay, that's good. That'll work better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it is the wor- It is the worst time to be hit in the road. And yeah. you know, y- there's also a lot of internet chatter out there about people that. That, that pack a bag with nothing but a bunch of ammo and MREs, and they say as long as I got that and an AK-47, yeah. I can survive. Yeah. yeah, right. Which is preposterous too. Um, yeah. That's uh, you know I, I love firearms, but that's not all you need.
1: Uh, there's a comment in the uh, in the uh, chat room says that uh, uh, um, they're concerned about terrorism because they live two miles outside Washington D.C. My first comment is. Gee, I'm sorry. Uh, On the other (laughs) hand, I know you have a job and you have a life there, and so I I, I said that only to be humorous, and hopefully I wasn't uh, being offensive. It is tough. It's tough when you live near a major city and live in an apartment on the eighth floor. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. I mean, what do you do now? Hmm. Uh, Well, you've got to be able to live there. If if a bomb or or something takes you out, who cares? I mean, it's over. Uh, You've done everything you can do. But most likely that is not going to happen. The 911 was an extreme example of terrorism. Uh, haven't figured out yet who caused it or why it was done, but it has been done, and we lost a lot of lives there. But it didn't matter how well you were prepared, unless you happened to have had a, a parachute in place and able to get out a window and able to land without it falling on you. You know, you, you'd have had a lucky day if you'd arranged all that. So. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, when a cataclysm or something of that nature happens, you just gotta go with it. There's not, you don't have a lot of options. Um, and I think a bug out bag at that point is probably the last thing I'm worried about. But there are people who sell parachutes. There are people who sell ladders, rope ladders. There are all kinds of ways. Um, and we know now that stairwells aren't safe because in the minute you open door, you've created a suction or, or, or right. uh, uh, yeah, actually a suction. So there's so many problems to anything. All should have a, a place to go. I wish, but I, how do you get there, and how do you afford it, and how do you keep that place safe?
0: Exactly. So that,
1: when, you know, can I say
0: something about terrorism, James, um, since somebody in the chat room is concerned about that? Um, after a terrorist attack has taken place, leaving your house, running outside, might not be a real good idea. Yeah. Uh, there is definitely a high probability of follow-up attacks, um, you know, if a plane has flown into the high-rise building that you're living in, uh, you know, like what happened in, on, on 9-11, well, okay. Then you're going to want to obviously exit the building as fast as you possibly can. But right. if that has not happened, I would say stay put. Stay put, and I hope that you have prepared for things yeah. in advance and you thought that scenario through. Generally, uh,
1: another question. uh, Well, this uh, person indicated their greatest fear was uh, Mm -hmm. fire—a home fire, or an apartment fire, or a building fire—in the middle of the night, when you don't get adequate warning until it's almost too late. I mean, Mm -hmm. that—that is a—that's a kind of a worst-case scenario, and I do understand that. That's a great fear. uh, If I didn't hadn't taken every possible precaution uh, in getting my home prepared. I, those would be worries. All I have to do, I mean, I just have to live knowing I've done everything I possibly can do in that regard. We don't smoke. We don't chew. We don't have people come in that do. So, so obviously, <laughs> you know, we've done the best that we can do, and we don't let our pets smoke either. So, that, that gets rid of the major things. We don't have gas except uh, outside the house at the hot, hot water heater. It's a long run, but it's a safe long run. It's in mm-hmm. another part of the house separated by a concrete wall or uh, or, or uh, rock walls. Um, our house was a one room house, expanded to five rooms um and it's uh, each room is independent each room has its own bathroom it's amazing even the library has its own bathroom but the library was the back porch yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah so our house is a weird little house the doorbell's actually on the back side of the chimney in the middle of the house <laughs> you can tell how it grew over time but you yep. know we made the best of the situation we enjoy the porch we, it, it was what we wanted in terms of view in terms of property in terms of privacy we live in a we live in a city uh Grey Forest, which is just outside Helotus. That gives you another one of those deals, see it's uh Hamtown in Snopperville, McAdoo Heights. Um, and it's a 25-mile ride to San Antonio City. But there are 400 people that live in this town, 142 homes, uh, and the police department is right across the street on the square. I live on the square, but I live so far back on it on my side of the street that you can't see my house, and my driveway is over 600 feet long up wow. on the hill through trees. So I have the per- – and, this- and, oh, the fire station is on the corner of my property. Life is good. I can't see them either. I can hear them when they leave if I'm outside. Inside, I never hear them. So mm-hmm. we we made every possible choice. Let me tell you now. Last night I was on a show with AC Griffith, and he, he he sent me to a, a page. He sent all of us to a page, and it shows that the the Gulf oil spill problem is includes San Antonio. In its primary target, a primary uh, um, um, area of uh, what's the word? Danger. Mm. So here I am, uh, 120 miles from the ocean, and I'm sitting. Uh, that anything that comes ashore would come up right on the San Antonio. And another 150 miles west of me is the second line. And then that, uh, and you know. <laughs> I thought i picked the safest place in the world. No tornadoes, no hurricanes. They never have earthquakes or anything here. Uh, <laughs> right. Now yeah. you're a little spilled. And so now, yeah. yeah, now I'm worried, so I'm looking to move maybe to farming to New Mexico or
2: something.
1: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, James, do
0: you mind if I say something about the fires? Absolutely.
2: I'm sorry we got to ram Yeah, I'm sorry I, I, to cut you to off
0: there. Well, I'm, I'm glad someone raised the question about house fires. Um, I did episode 80, uh, a podcast specifically on house fires. Um, and I posted that on my site uh, April second it's can you still hear me we're listening avidly okay. yes okay it's uh this is this is one of my areas of specialty um, uh-huh. i've m- made a living for quite a few years in home security okay. and securing your house against fire. So I urge those listeners to listen to episode eighty but in summary, you okay. need to have first of all, I think fire is something that you should have some warning if it happens. You know, this may sound basic, but it's amazing how many people forget it. You should have adequate smoke detectors, and I would suggest, and I made this in my podcast, monitored smoke detectors. Pay the fee, right. to, have, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. pay the fee to have somebody monitor it and, and call the fire department for you. And you should also have carbon monoxide detectors as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, usually you're going to get some type of a carbon monoxide uh, alarm even before you get your fire alarm. Uh, not always, but sometimes you will. Um, and uh, I, I think preparing, I mean, there's an old saying in the security business, in the, in the home security business, a burglar takes a few things, but fire takes it all. Mm-hmm. And, and that's important. You definitely need to have yourself protected on that and have a 60-second plan. Have a 60-second plan of what you're going to have have to do because you're probably only going to have about a minute or less yeah. to get out. And that that might be another area where a bug-out bag would come in real handy. Yeah. True. You know, did uh, you shouldn't have. Only have a, Just don't expect to use it. <laughs> yes, you may only have a minute to get out of your home, mm-hmm. and or people could die. But I've always scratched my head and wondered why people get trapped in homes that are on fire and they don't know their house is on fire. It, it, it signals to me that probably in ninety five percent of those cases they have not set up a fire warning system,
1: or haven't thought about it. Well, they haven't thought thought about it.
0: So I think that's one of the best investments you can make. And uh, I did 32 minutes about this subject, episode 80, so listen to that.
1: I'll blog that out so people will find it. That's great. great. The the most important part about it all is that um, uh, we need to be prepared. Uh, And in order to be prepared, you've got to figure out what your threats are. I worry more about terrorism because it's random
0: you, you mm-hmm. have
1: no idea what they're thinking or what they're going to do because they can yeah. do whatever they want. And, and since no one knows, there's very little defense for it. Uh, and that's that's what bothers me more than anything. Uh, but it's good advice about uh, this house came pre-wired with a smoke uh, and and uh, entrance uh, kinds of things. It has the old steel casement windows, the ones that crank in and out. So it's yeah. fairly safe. You, you, if you get a hole, if you break a window, you've got to be a pretty small feller to get to get through those uh, to get through the place the glass came out of. Uh, and yet it has French doors at the entryway, <laughs> wood French doors. How hard are they to break down? You know, just punch out some lights, reach inside, unlock it, right. and go. So this is great. What we want to do. Bob, is, is, gets you to come back in the future. And uh, we'll have uh, when we take a full evening, and we'll we'll uh, orchestrate it a little more tightly. Uh, I'll be a little better organized. I'm I'm uh, getting a producer who will handle all the the advertisement and all that stuff for me, so I can can be a host, a hostess, or a hostess, great. and so you know uh, what what tonight turned out to be. But you know we got through it, and you take the good and do the best you can with it. Don't worry about the negatives. I think that was in the Second World War when I was growing up. They said you got to accentuate the positive and eliminate the negative and don't even mess with Mr. In-Between. <laughs> I think that, I think that's one of the things we should be working on today is to find a way to make the best of what we got. As you say, get out of debt. I, I believe we ought to turn our home into a safe haven. And you mentioned Absolutely. one way of doing that is get good fire warning because you can. You can hire that. And the, the sensors are far more sensitive than uh, because of the nature of, of the, the system, the way it works. Uh, with physics, it's just a better, better judgment of what's going on in the middle of the night than you are, obviously. And even if you're not there, it's working, which is another beautiful part of it. Plus, you can add security to that so you know if people enter your home and and, uh, filter stuff. Uh, The other is I want my home to have a convenience store in it. It's all the stuff that I would want to have, that I would want to eat, and want to have as much of it as I can afford, and I can only do that if I get out of debt. And the other thing is I want to be able to camp out within the walls of my home should everything go bad.
0: There you go. Yes, that's so a good way to put Those are the
1: kind of criteria. Those four, the four I set for me, uh, and and you picked out one of the four. I normally say at last, simply to get the attention. But getting out of debt is primordial for all of us because you can't keep your shelter if you can't meet your payments. That's
0: true. And, and all, of sudden, today, all of a
1: sudden, all the other investment is gone because you have no place to put it.
0: You have no place to put it, and if you're foreclosed, you place. if
1: you can't keep your home, you certainly can't keep somebody else's home. So, and if are if your
0: house is foreclosed upon or you're evicted from your dwelling, what are you going to do with all of your preps? Right, where are you going to so put them all? Can um, I say true. something about home security, real quick? Absolutely, do. Uh, I'd like to remind everybody: there's basically three layers of protection that if you're going to prepare to secure your dwelling, and that is number one, the perimeter. You need to have some type of perimeter security. Um, There's all kinds, but you you should at least know when somebody is is about to enter your property. Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: The the other is
0: right at your entry points, right at your doors. Uh, Aside from getting an alarm system, I'm I'm a big believer in alarm systems, but there's many things you can do to secure, to make it harder for somebody to get into your home.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Even something as simple as adding better hardware in your locking mechanisms and your strike plates. Just doing something like that to make it harder to get in. And then, of course, the third layer of protection is when somebody does get in. Um, I hope you have a 12-gauge to take care of that. Ten. Ten-gauge. <laughs> Ten-gauge <laughs> will probably take care of it pretty good, yep. too. It's uh, a nine-shot repeater. It'll, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but really, and, you know, if you think about that and if you, if you secure the perimeter, secure the entry points, and then have a way to repel somebody once they get into your your home uh, That's why I, I up until recently, I felt sorry for the people in d c and Chicago. They didn't have any yep. way to repel right. somebody once they got in
1: right well, the important thing of course, is all those precautions there are hundreds of ways uh from having all your stuff on uh on on thumb drives, have information photocopied, have it here there friends can hold on to. It. A sealed package for you. You want to make sure that you you take it here. We give that away on my site under freebies as drprepper.com. If you go to freebies, there's a 33 page download for, on on uh, keeping your household in order. It's not arranging your furniture. It's about keeping track of all that stuff that you own that's got you in debt. And then there's one on how to do your own EPAC, how to put your own emergency uh, panic uh, prevention kit so that you have it. And that, that's another 22 pages. 20 percent of the book is free just by downloading it and how to have fresh green veggies every day with sprouting and another one i think is how to how to how to how to take care of game meats if you go out and kill game this tells you not to take care of them but how to eat it how to fix it so that's what we've done to give uh put uh, that's there and by the way you can go get those and give them away on your site too if you'd like bob I, i've given them many people uh, yeah i'm looking at it right now
0: a matter of fact i'm on your freebies i didn't know those were there
1: they're all there. We try to tell people about it on the show. Sometimes we forget. I've been giving those away and giving them to people to give away for, to bloggers and others simply because it's good information. Hey, it's good advertising, too, but it's uh, some really good work that will help people to keep control of what they already own. Well, listen, we of times. You know, we get to there. Give me just a quick wrap-up of how they can reach you and what they'll find when they get there.
0: They can reach me at, uh, they can go to the website, com. They can email me at Bob at Today's Survival. What you'll find when you get there is you'll see all my podcasts posted, and you can stream them off the website. You can, if you are an iTunes user, you can search Today's Survival Show on iTunes. You can download them all there, and uh, you'll also see a link to get to our forum. We've got almost 500 members. The, on the forum Great. that, that wants to help you out as well. Yeah. So thank you. Uh, James, thank you very much for having We're me. We're gonna on have the you show. back. I
1: appreciate it. Uh, I want you thank to know you. that I appreciate it, Bob. Sorry about the dis uh, oh what disintermediation is the proper word for that.
0: It kinda of bothers okay. us but we'll get through it. We're preppers. We can handle this. Yeah I, we can handle this. That's right. We have plan B and Plan C. That's right. Great to have
1: you on, Bob. Thank you very much. This Thank has been you. the Doctor. Prepper Show. Thank you, Bob. And I'm Dr. Prepper. Remember, now is the time for you and your family to prepare because no one knows what lies just over the horizon. So till next time, the doctor is out.